The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fretz. And welcome everybody to the Fretzelmania podcast, episode 11, My Evil Plan to Save the World. Just you wait till it's unfurled. It'll go down in history. It's prophetic. No, it's not pathetic. I can't believe I made it up myself. If you get that reference, send me a DM on Twitter at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll get you something cool. So, wow, what a week in wrestling we've had. I'm going to talk a little bit about Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill, which I just finished watching. And holy crap, it, uh, <laughs> it was something else. It was kind of crazy. It was a pretty good night of wrestling. And of course, I'll be going to Monday Night Raw from 2011, this time on January 22nd, the night after the Royal Rumble. A little bit of uh, other stuff here. On SmackDown this past Friday, uh, predictably, Adam Pearce took himself out of the WWE title match and put in a replacement because, of course, card subject to change he signed a contract roman reigns signed a contract however that was a red herring like i thought it was going to be to put kevin owens into the universal nope yes universal championship match at wrestlemania i forget what belts what they should bring back big gold you know the wcw title that would be <laughs> that would be a lot Better. Yeah, so Kevin Owens is facing Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble in a last man standing match. Now, when they said it was a last man standing match before Pierce would get into it, I already knew something was was going to go awry, something was fishy, but they were trying to just F with Pierce for no reason. He's the GM, basically, of the WWE right now, so... I think Roman and Heyman, they were definitely abusing their power just a little bit to try and turn the screws to to the WWE and maybe a bit to Kevin Owens, who has been conspicuous by his absence the past couple of weeks since getting thrown off the Thunderdome, basically. Daniel Bryan had a match of the year candidate with Cesaro, uh, more of these, please. Like, put these two in a higher-profile match. Put some gold on the line. Put some contenderships on the line here. And Cesaro beat him clean as a whistle. Shinsuke Nakamura has his old entrance theme back, so that basically solidifies his, his babyface turn. I'm 100% behind that, and I'm 100% behind the idea of getting Shinsuke a push for the love of everything holy. One of the best talents the company has right now. Strap the rocket to him. I mean, he won the Rumble, what, three or four years ago now? And they did deadly dick with him, except him going to dick kick city every match. Bailey dusted off the APA's old door to the Acolytes Protection Agency's office. And used it for her new talk show, The 
Ding dong hello show. Ah, oh, Bailey is so freaking good. Just getting better and better with her her heel persona. Inviting Bianca Belair onto the set here and then challenging her to some kind of obstacle course next week. And since Bianca, what does she say? She's the the greatest, the fastest, the something she's the EST of SmackDown and soon will be the EST of WWE because I think she's a front runner for winning the women's Royal Rumble match. I'd be completely okay with that. I've I've turned around on Bianca. I actually like her now. I used to not like her in NXT because she whipped people with her hair and I haven't seen a lot of that in her gimmick lately. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, you you have some personality, you have that attitude, you have that spunk, you got that spark, great on the mic, insanely talented in the ring, okay, you're good. But maybe, if you get booked in a hardcore title match, I would like to see like a cat of nine tails, like the, the whip with the claws on them, <laughs> to put in her hair, just to use in a hardcore match, just because that would <laughs> kind of pop me, that would entertain me just a little bit. And now on to... Impact Wrestling, hard to kill this past Saturday night. I didn't watch it Saturday. In fact, I just watched it uh, this morning. It is Monday the 18th as I as I record this. And before I get into talking about this, I just want to give a big, big shout out to J-Bone. Smash this podcast on YouTube. He is a former Wrestle Addict Radio personality back in the OG days, the, the Rant with Ant days. And he screams... Total Nonstop Impact, I believe every Tuesday night following Impact on Access TV. He's been doing retro Impact reviews as well with uh, people like Trent and Basil. And uh, I I can't think of the other fellow's name, but he is someone you see in the crowd in a lot of of Impact shows. I just went and got his name. uh, William Gardner. You know, these are all uh, fantastic individuals. I think William has done stuff for Impact in the past. As as I said, you see him in the, in the audience in a lot, a lot of Impact shows. So this one was, of course, in the uh, empty... Uh, is it the Impact Zone now? I can't remember what they call it anymore. But D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker were on commentary. And I thought that they told a great story throughout the entire night. Yeah, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles won the inaugural or the returning Mockouts Tag Team Championships over Havoc and Nevea in a tournament final as they were booking a tournament for the women's tag team titles over the past couple of months. I think it was announced back at, uh, at Bound for Glory. We had one team I thought should have won. I would have booked them the win just because it has one of my favorite current women's wrestlers in it, Jordan Grace. Tagging with, of all people, Jazz. You know, sporting a fresh and pretty damn good looking bald look. She is an absolute beast dating back to ECW and the early days of the Ruthless Aggression era. Shout out to the Ruthless Pod. And 
And she is still going, and she is still an absolute beast. And that bald look she had, I think at an AEW show a year or two ago. No, it can't be two years ago, because AEW is only one. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, Jazz is just still a beast. She's still got it. Unfortunately, her and Jordan Grace didn't uh, move forward in the tournament, but such is life. Uh, I think the right team won. No, Kira Hogan has been, at least from what I've seen of her over the past couple of years, kind of middling in the women's division. This is finally something she can sink her teeth into. She finally has, you know, a little bit of a push because Kira Hogan is insanely talented. I haven't seen too much of Tasha Steele's, but from what I've seen in that match, because holy crap, that match was a show stealer. One of the one of the best of the night, I think. It was very well done. You know, they can all get it done in the ring. Havoc and Nevaeh have a very uh, a cool gimmick that you can kind of sink your teeth into. They remind me a little bit of Decay, you know, Rosemary and Crazy Steve, who were in the opening match with Tennille Dashwood, a.k.a. Emelina, and <laughs> Caleb with a K. <laughs> that is the douchiest name <laughs> for a wrestler I have ever ever heard like you have friends who have names that can start with more than one letter you know my mother her name's kathy it starts with a k but you know kathy with a k kind of a nickname that my friends uh gave her back in the day or you know kathy with a k kathy with a c kayla with a k kayla with a c i know both people with both pronunciations jeff with a g or a j it's like those people who say, yeah, my name's this, but it's spelled like that. Your name's Kale, but it's spelled C-A-E-L. First off, your first name's a vegetable, and your parents failed you. <laughs> Second, just so funny that it's just, you know, I'm Caleb with a K. Okay. <laughs> I, I just found that very humorous and very funny. Gail Kim and Madison Rain uh, came out to crown the new Knockouts Tag Team Champion uh, Champions Fire and Flava, and yeah, it was just so great to see them. Gail Kim, Madison Rain—they're the pioneers of the Knockouts division, along with people like Angelina Love. And although she was, I think she was rather short-lived, but Awesome Kong. Uh, Tara, you know, a.k.a. Victoria. It's so great to see the torch being passed here and women's wrestling being praised and elevated, you know, because we have Diana Parazzo and Taya Valkyrie later in the night, and holy lord, like, Parazzo, man, WWE, you guys dropped the ball by letting her go, and... She is proving to be one of the best technical women's wrestlers in the game today or ever. You know, there was a very apt uh, comparison that I believe Matt Stryker made to to Deanna. And it was that Deanna is like a modern day female version of Nick Bockwinkle. And that is, <laughs> that is a compliment and a half. Nick Bockwinkle, he's up there with like Kurt Angle. Bob Backlund, Bret Hart, 
in terms of technical wrestling ability. So I, I would take that one and run. Uh, Ace Austin and Man Man Fulton came out to cut a promo. Ace Austin was wearing HBK's heart-shaped glasses from like 1994 here. Just being a douchey douche. He was supposed to have, I don't know, he was supposed to have a match or he was protesting the fact that he wasn't in the X Division title match later in the show. But Scott Demore, you know, former coach of of Team Canada, you know, Petey Williams, Bobby Roode, Eric Young. He is now the authority figure, the GM, the... He is a head honcho of Impact IRL, so I guess his power is being shown on TV as well. So, oh, no, you're not in the in this match, despite the fact that, you know, he thought he was the rightful winner of the Super X Cup. He's like, oh, I have a match in mind for you. It is someone who is always ready. Woo, 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 except not that. <laughs> Matt Cardona, the former... Zack Ryder, the former major brother on WWECW. Yeah, Matt Cardona making his Impact debut. And it's only apt because in the pre-show match, Brian Myers, you know, Kurt Hawkins, his his best friend, his former tag team partner, competed in a match in a winning effort against Josh Alexander. So Cardona come out. He has the broski boot, but they call... The reboot. He is about to finish off Ace Austin here with the Rough Rider. I don't know what he calls it now. But Madman Fulton comes in for the DQ. After the match, Cardona clears the ring, hits the Rough Rider on Fulton, and sends sends the two packing. So maybe we're going to get a, a feud ongoing with them. You know, I don't know about Cardona's contractual status with Impact Wrestling. He made a couple... Of appearances on AEW last year, so maybe he's just on an appearance by appearance basis. Maybe he'll float over to some some other indies, but who knows? Great to see Cardona here. He's looking really good, and he's just looking to be always ready to to prove himself. You know, he had a long tenured career in the WWE, and other than the true Long Island story stuff and the U.S. title run, the one-day intercontinental run. It wasn't too memorable, but he was always like a cult favorite, an underdog, if you will. The X Division Championship match with Manic, who is totally not TJP, but totally TJP, over Chris Bay and Rohit Raju to retain the title. Two former champions going against the current champion, TJP, uh, Manic, don't call him TJP, but it's totally, <laughs> it's totally him. You know, like the Mr. America Hulk Hogan saga, there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of comedy, but a lot of great submissions and a lot of great back and forth in this match. And we had, yeah, Taya Valkyrie and Deanna Parazzo, the aforementioned knockouts championship match was a technical masterclass. Like Taya Valkyrie held the championship for, a long, long time before, I believe it was Jordan Grace defeated her, and then Deanna defeated Jordan late last year. And Deanna's just on a tear. Great on the mic, fantastic in the ring, the total package. Sit down, Lex Luger. Uh, 
I, I cannot praise Diana enough. This was a wrestler that that Ant always raved about on Rant with Ant and on his uh, Twitch streams when he gets to talk a little bit about wrestling or on the Rant Foundation, whatever platform that Ant gets to talk about wrestling, he has always praised Deanna Parazzo. Going back to her pre-NXT days, I remember him being quite excited when Parazzo was signed by NXT, but unfortunately things just fell through here. And I, and I feel like Deanna could definitely contribute to the the bloated women's division on NXT because it has a very deep talent pool. I only hope that someday Jordan Grace gets another crack at the title, maybe gets another run with it. Uh, I've been a big fan of Grace for a number of years now. Yeah, The Venus de Milo, the, that double arm bar that, that Perazzo hit after she hit a Mystica... And that was it. That was the the verbal submission for uh, for Perazzo here in a really really good match. Taya cried in the ring after the match, so maybe cried when they lost, or this is frustration mounting, or this is something else. We get a comedy skit backstage with AC Romero, who is looking really good, dropping at least a hundred pounds, and Johnny Bra Johnny Bravo still a thing. Good lord! I'm just talking about. Someone was framed by one of the knockouts with this... Uh, it was like a cologne bottle or something. I haven't watched much of the weekly impacts, honestly. I just I just don't have the time. And Tuesday nights, I usually work late. And then I have to work early, early Wednesday morning, usually. But that's just... Yeah, I, I never get to watch it. And in the greatest cinematic match... Oh, man, I can't take this seriously. But... I popped. I thought it was funny. Uh, Karate Man defeated Ethan Page, a.k.a. Ethan Page defeated Ethan Page. All ego, Ethan Page, one half of the North, the former longest reigning Impact Tag Team Champions uh, from the Niagara region in Ontario, Canada. So obviously being a fellow Canadian, I pop for him. I I hate using this word. No, I don't stand. I don't stand anybody because that's creepy. That's a stupid term. I'm a huge fan of Ethan Page. And he's just so creative. He's so funny. Like his, his comedy and his acting was on point in here. And although he was very critical of his of his own match, like after it aired, he definitely aired his grievances about it and it wasn't even festivus just talking about the the bad editing job and that he only wanted karate man for his youtube channel but you know impact wanted it to be like his gimmick it wanted it to, to have him kind of have an ego problem uh pun intended to have a bit of a problem that would require therapy like he's sitting in a therapist chair talking to you know, psychotherapist, and then all of a sudden, it's Karate Man sitting in the chair, so he's talking to himself. So Paige here is being, uh, if he's being bipolar, or if he's just, he's he snapped a little bit after he lost the Tag Team Championship, him and Josh Alexander losing to the Good Brothers. We'll get, we'll get to them in a little bit. So they do a little bit of... Karate Kid and uh, Mortal Kombat 
here in a what he called a high school job editing yeah I, I could tell that it was a little bit a little bit crap except that if i was trying to edit this in high school it would be on a freaking vhs so karate man here does uh lu kang's bicycle kick from mortal kombat he does a fate he does kano's fatality where he rips out the heart of of ethan page and you know there's speculation about the contractual status of ethan page i'm not going to speak of it because i don't know personally i hope he lands on his feet wherever he is happy wherever wherever he is able to provide for for his family he is the the father of a young child so i would prefer if he does what's best for him what's best for him financially what's best for him uh, spiritually emotionally physically selfishly i wouldn't mind seeing him in uh in nxt aew wouldn't be bad either but aew's roster is getting pretty crowded and when you need a two-hour wednesday night show and then three hours of dark to air on youtube yeah it's it's getting a, a little bit much with aew enjoy most of their product but you know i you won't catch me dead watching dark that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to say so ethan page defeats himself karate man prevails and uh who knows where this is this is gonna lead eddie edwards and sammy callahan in barbed wire massacre oh okay this was bat crap crazy we saw just a whole whack of spots here we saw freaking sammy callahan here break out the cactus elbow complete with a bang bang there's a blue thunder bomb by eddie edwards onto a barbed wire chair sammy callahan breaks out a barbed wire covered n64 controller puts it in eddie edwards mouth in an attempt to unlock the super duper secret secret 2021 hardcore championship path in championship mode on no mercy <laughs> that was pretty wordy <laughs> cut that and it's in and then he chokes him with it he whips him with it yeah that is the level the secret dungeon in ocarina of time that we are all looking for remember those f those um rumors of a unicorn dungeon and a triforce being an ocarina of time the stuff we believed when the internet was just a baby <laughs> or luigi in super mario brothers 64 i'm gonna make all the n64 jokes here uh something about choosing odd job and goldeneye okay that's it enough of the 64 <laughs> jokes a top rope pile driver through a barb wire table friggin edwards hits the boston knee party with a barbed wire chair into sammy's face and sammy kicks out at one and this was just your classic hardcore plunder back and forth one side of the ring had a like a mesh fence with a bunch of weapons on it and then the ropes were covered in barbed wire of course they would you know punch each other with barbed wire knock each other out with a barbed wire bat and kendo stick respectively and just go and take pints of blood 
out of each other. This was violent. This was ultra violent, like CZ dub, almost FMW level of stuff here. It was bloody as heck. And in the main event, AEW champion. That's right, the AEW champion on a Impact pay-per-view tagging with his good brothers, the good brothers, the Impact tag team champions, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, going up against Rich Swan, Chris Sabin, and uh, Moose, who was a replacement for Alex Shelley, as we were supposed to have a Motor City Machine Guns uh, match in here, but Alex Shelley was uh, unable to compete, is uh, is sitting out. Hasn't been revealed what it is. Quite frankly, it's none of our business. We don't have the right to know. But the Good Brothers breaking out the, the beer skis here and putting on a clinic. The, the OG Bullet Club going to town here. We saw the V-Triggers. We saw the Magic Killers. We saw a one-winged angel attempt on Moose. Moose is a big lad, and the fact that Kenny even got him up on his shoulders was impressive enough, and then Moose gets off and puts Kenny on his shoulders, and him and Rich Swan, who have been kind of feuding a little bit back and forth here, did a modified version of the Doomsday Device, which looked pretty damn good. In the end, Kenny Omega would pin the Impact Champion Rich Swan to win the match for his team. And now, Kenny's evil plan to save the world is beginning to unfurl. He is going to collect the titles, much like he collected the comic books when he was a young lad. And I believe it's going to start with Rich Swan. Personally, I hope he takes that fake TNA title off of Moose because he is nobody's champion and a champion of nothing, as talented as Moose is. That's just a toy he's he's rocking around with. So that'll do it for this half of the Fretzelmania podcast. When I come back, I'll be going back to the year 2001, January 22nd to be exact, the night after the Royal Rumble. Bit of a programming note here. You won't be getting the Royal Rumble 2001 review until the end of the month. I still haven't watched the rest of the Rumble. I've recorded the watch along for the Rumble match, but I haven't bothered watching the rest of the DVD. Quite frankly, I just don't have the time. I'm working a whole lot right now, but however, I have watched that DVD so much I could review the show off by heart. So if I don't get around to watching it, I'll just I'll just wing it. So you'll hear that review on the 31st, the same day as the actual War Rumble. But you have to be a Patreon to hear my 2001 pay-per-view reviews because they are, of course, a part of the 20 Bell Salute on Patreon, 5 bucks a month, patreon.com slash Radio. So TTFN, ta-ta for now. Catch you after the break, peeps. Who better than Canyon? And welcome back, everybody, to episode 11 of the Fretzelmania podcast, My Evil Plan to Save the World. Now have an evil plan to plug our stuff, patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. For only five bucks a month, no tears, gets you exclusive access to all of us 
on the Russell Attic Radio Network in a lovely group chat with fellow patrons Kavita, Quarantine Gene, good old way that is, and you get shows such as the 20 Bell Salute, my monthly 20 year look back on pop culture and wrestling, The Secret Files with Mr. YLP himself, where you don't know what you get till you press play. Fretz's Fave 5, when I'm able to do them, will give you a Fave 5 insert topic here or moments of the week. All that and so much more. Patrons also get 15% off of our Teespring merch on teespring.com. Just search for Russell Raddick Radio in there and you get the Fretzelmania collection from yours truly. You get the Kings of the Rings collection with King Ricky Rose, the K Murphy, and Willie T, the Delight Show Collection with Good Brother Mance, the Young Lions Perspective Collection, the YLP Collection, for all of you Young Lions and Young Cubs out there, sweaters, t-shirts, face masks, towels, tapestries, mugs, you name it. All of that and so much more here on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast now on to monday night raw but first it is time for the nitro shot because nitro wcw is still a thing for the next couple of months so monday nitro from the same night as raw here january 22nd although the wikipedia here says january 23rd 2001 yep it was held on a tuesday a rare Tuesday Nitro because of an NBA basketball match that was on Monday night. Oh boy, the saga of TNT and NBA is still prevalent today. Go Raptors, hashtag we the North. A singles match here between Christopher Daniels and Michael Modest ended in a no contest. You read that right, the Fallen Angel was in WCW. And Michael Modest, I believe he was one of the uh, indie wrestlers discussed in beyond the mat the 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 wrestling documentary from uh, 99 a singles match with lance storm accompanied by elix skipper major guns and mike awesome defeated conan accompanied by kidman ray and tigress you know this is a feud between team canada and the filthy animals and lance storm won in just over a minute lex luger defeated diamond dallas page the mamalukes Johnny the Bull and Big Vito defeated Jindrak and Stasiak by DQ in a match to determine the commissionership of WCW. The Cat, Ernest Miller with Miss Jones, defeated the franchise Shane Douglas. And now the Cat is the commissioner of the dying WCW brand. Okay then, tag team match here. Chavo Guerrero Jr. and the Wall Brother defeated Hugh Morris and Lash LaRue. The Misfits and Action Implode insert jazz music here. And in the main event with a special guest referee of Lex Luger, who we saw earlier in the night, Kevin Nash defeated Buff Bagwell. Riveting. (laughs) Riveting stuff here, folks. Yes, Nitro is on life support at this point in time so we'll just have to wait and see how 
how the rest of this goes. I will be covering WCW Sin on the 20 Bell Salute later this month on Patreon, so you're going to have to wait and see how that goes. Now, it is time for Raw! It is Monday Night Raw, January 22nd, 2001. The Royal Rumble took place the night before with Stone Cold Steve Austin punching in his ticket to the main event of WrestleMania against the WWE Champion, who at this point, and still champion, after the Royal Rumble is Kurt Angle. JR and the King, of course, on commentary. A match that is being plugged here as the feature attraction. Not sure if it was the main event or not. The Rock and Chris Jericho against a returning big show and Chris Benoit. Chris Jericho won the Intercontinental title in a grueling ladder match against Chris Benoit the night before The Rock was in the Royal Rumble. The Big Show returned in the Rumble match and uh, cost The Rock the spot. I, I believe he eliminated The Rock in this match, but anyways here, we start off with a Triple H promo wearing his classic uh, cut-off jean vest over his leather jacket. That pretty badass look, although it's that, that bit on The Simpsons, it's like, you know, you ruined a perfectly good. You ruined a perfectly good jacket. Mm, and correct, Marge. Two perfectly good jackets. So here, Triple H is. Uh, you know, I'm in the this hole in the wall crap town, the Cajun Dome in Lafayette, Louisiana. If you're curious, uh, yeah, I'm this hole in this hole in the wall crap down. It was supposed to be my night, asshole. Yep, you get the asshole chance. Every time Stephanie McMahon is shown on camera, she... Oh, wow. 2001, she gets the slut chance. Yeah, I'm going to be... I'm going to be repeating this a lot. Uh, as it was the style at the time. Like, Austin... Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin... Stone Cold Steve Austin... Uh, you screwed me! Hey, phrasing! Uh... Uh, thanks, Archer, uh, for a joke that would be coming for another uh, ten years. Or okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin cost Triple H the title in the in his championship match against Kurt Angle the previous night. And yeah, we're off to the races here. We're off to No Way Out in the three stages of Hell match. Kurt Angle comes out to the ring, much to the resting bitch face of Stephanie McMahon, and he's like, well, they, uh, they should call you Triple W. Wait, because internet? No, because Triple W. Where, where, where? It's like, uh, talking about uh, no respect, uh, no respect around here. You're talking about no respect? If he spent less time crying over spilt milk, 
and more time drinking it like me, you would be a winner. Uh, Kurt Angle is freaking hysterical here in his dorky, cocky, Olympic hero champion winner here. Out comes Trish to challenge Stephanie McMahon to a match. A match we'll be getting eventually at No Way Out. But here we go. And uh, he's like, yeah, you like spanking so much? I'll be spanking your face with my hand. That says Stephanie. And Jerry Lawler, of course, at the time. Hey, don't forget her butt. <laughs> Gosh, man. I'm, King's going to be gone in less than a month for a few months. So enjoy it while it lasts, kids. Enjoy pervy King while it lasts. Vince Limo may arrives and he's like, oh, I may or may not make this match. He's not deciding. This is going to be Schrodinger's match for most of the card here. Opening, ti opening title match here. Test and William Regal for the European Championship. And uh, Regal's like, ah, oh, that miserable foul creature. Mm. I cannot do his accent. I'm sorry, Jermaine. That calls him a miserable foul creature. When I get done with Test, it's going to look like I'll... Hack him with a hatchet. And then Test makes quick work of Regal and becomes the new European champion. Just boom, boom, boom. Slam, elbow drop. One, two, three. And Regal is is done. His European championship match is over. APA versus the Hardy Boys. This, of course, stems from an altercation and a match they had on SmackDown. And this is rekindling a feud from the summer of 1999 when... The Acolytes just beat the piss out of them and the Hardys just came back for more and briefly held the Tag Team Championships, defeating the Acolytes. Uh, I believe it was on Raw in between Fully Loaded and SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken, S somewhere in the summer of 99 when the Hardy Boys were just coming into their own on TV under the tutelage of Michael Hayes. So that brought me back there. And Jeff wants all of JBL. Hits a swanton. Uh, however, JBL is not the legal man. He hits the least hit move in wrestling history, it seems. The Dominator. For the win. The APA just make short work of the Hardys in a pretty good match. And every time these four guys got in the ring, I mean, the Hardy boys sold like death for the APA, who were probably... You know, doing it the hard way on them, phrasing, but uh, it's so good. Whenever those two teams get in the match, it is good. So uh, Triple H whines to his wife some more. Balls meet purse. Reference to Raw last week with Triple H and a burning hammer and a fireball in the face of Randy Orton from Alexa Bliss. And then it's like, you know, go tuck some sense into your dad, to your dad or something. And Steph goes and plays the daddy's little girl card. Cole and The Rock have an interview here, and The Rock says he's disappointed. It doesn't matter if I was number three, number 13, or number 3,000. The Rock was on a mission to win the Royal Rumble. Uh, this was The Rock's opportunity. And then he calls Michael Cole a, <laughs> a Rudy Poo and Sink wannabe. Yeah, because Cole was definitely rocking the frosted tips at this point in time. Hey, do, do The Rock a favor. Entertain the rock here. Sing sing a little verse from from Bye Bye Bye. Just hit me with the truth, girl. 
You're the more than welcome to. No, I'm not. I'm not going on with that. Baby, bye, bye, bye. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm not going there. I doesn't want to be a fool for. Stop it, James. Yeah, I'm not going to be singing any more of Bye Bye Bye. And neither did Michael Cole, unfortunately. The Rock has a goal now to be the champion. Triple H is waiting for Stone Cold Steve Austin to come to the car park with a sledgehammer. Because, of course, we have uh, Benoit and Big Show taking up with The Rock and the new Intercontinental Champion, Chris Jericho. Definitely having future and past Royal Rumble match implications here as you know benoit last eliminated the big show in 2004 the rock and chris jericho would clash over the undisputed championship at rumble 2002 so we see wwe raw is brought to you by weeder results that not steroid pill gym company from the last couple of weeks and 1-800-COLLECT except it is missing a ad from carrot top Hydrate yourselves, kids. Now, Big Show here has the kiss of death. He is wearing the kiss of death, also known as the WWF Attitude T-Shirt, which everyone wears because they don't have merch. Big Show did not have new merch yet, up until the one that says Big Show when it points down to his crotch. Implying you have a big dick when you don't. Um... <laughs> Yes, so we see a show with a press slam, the suplex to The Rock, the choke slam on the floor to Chris Jericho, and he is out of here. He goes to the back, and he's out of this match. Big Show hits a sidewalk slam on The Rock, a DDT on Benoit, and The Rock is trying to gain all the momentum and the, the upper hand here. The Rock rings Big Show's bell. The crossface is locked in, and Rock reaches the rope chris jericho is back to send benoit into the steps send benoit back into the ring rock bottom and the rock and jericho win big show comes in and choke slams everybody including his tag team partner and he's pissed he's on a mission now to win the hardcore championship we're getting there angle and trish backstage it's like you know I'll Zeke is talking about the I'll, I'll handle this. His junk. I'll be all the advisement he needs. That's real subtle, Trish. You're gonna bang him. Yeah, that that's that's about as obvious as the setup for the sequel to Batman Dark Knight at the end of Batman Begins when they hand Commissioner Gordon the Joker playing card. Obvious, obvious stuff. Ivory versus Molly Holly for the women's championship here. Molly wants to put an end to the uh, yakety yak 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 of Ivory. China's been re-injured at the Royal Rumble, trying to do the handspring elbow, and the back of her neck hits Ivory right underneath the chin, which in actuality would look like it would hurt Ivory a lot more than China, but it jarred her neck. She got the stretcher and the quiet, the quiet voice and the Oh, we don't know if she'll wrestle again. Yeah, more on that in the coming weeks. We have Elroy, you know, played here by the late Crash Holly, and Steven Richards have a little bit of a of a tilly on, on the outside of the ring while Ivory and Molly have their match. 
Steven Richards knocks Molly off the top rope after she goes for the Molly go round, and that is just easy pickings for Ivory to pick up the scraps and retain the championship. We see Rikishi's gigantic ass come crashing down on the camera in what would be the worst 3D effect in a movie ever. Imagine seeing that on a movie screen with your 3D glasses. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Ass meet camera, woof. Then Trish, you know, goes into Vince's office to uh, talk some sense into him. He's gonna bang, she's gonna bang him. Kane versus Rikishi in a meat slapper of a match here. Two big lads just taking meat off of each other, just taking lumps out of each other. You'll love to see it. This is like, uh, imagine a match between like Rusev and Ishii. Wow. So we have the Steel Steps get involved here on the outside of the ring. Everyone gets sent into the Steel Steps. A super kick by Rikishi. A leg drop. He goes to stink face a guy wearing a mask, but it's not very effective. Kane goes to hit a lariat and then a top rope lariat. He hits the choke slam, almost taking Rikishi off of his off of his feet, but just as the three counts about to be administered, Haku, aka Mang, aka Haku, who made his return at the Royal Rumble, comes out and we see a reformation of the New Islanders or the New New Head Shrinkers. Anyways, here there's a bonsai drop, and at the same time, while Rikishi is still sitting on Kane, Rikishi hits a headbutt. Like a falling face for his headbutt on Kane in his face. But at the same time, it looks like Haku's face is going right for Rikishi's crotch. And it made it made for a pretty funny visual. So we see a reformation of a new team here. But the Undertaker is challenged by Rikishi to a hardcore match on SmackDown the following week. No, I am not watching and reviewing that. Lowdown. D- you know, D'Lo Brown... And Headbanger Mosh, two Americans and a Canadian, Tiger Ali Singh, dressed up in a turban and a sari. Okay. Uh, they jump against the Dudley Boys for the tag team titles. Now, Lowdown lost their opportunity in the Royal Rumble thanks to being kicked out in favor of Drew Carey. So I guess Drew, Drew or as, gosh, I can't speak. As Tiger said, who is Drew Curry? So Drew Curry is going to curry some favor with Vince McMahon. Boo! I'm not sorry for that bad joke. <laughs> so they get jumped from behind, and eventually this was up headbutt. Get the tables. Uh, Tiger Ellie sings on commentary, crying about prejudice. Uh, 3D. Dudley Boys table spots. They get their butts kicked. Tiger Ali Singh gets put through a table. And Trish comes out of Vince's office looking a little sweaty. Her hair's a little out of place. Uh, She's a little bit glowing. She just got plowed. And it's announced that it's a mixed tag. Trish and Angle against Triple H and Stephanie. But first, we see Raven versus Al Snow for the Hardcore Championship, uh, which is why... Raven got jumped from behind in the 
Royal Rumble match by Al Snow before he was even announced as a participant. There was a cinder block spot last month in the car park. Uh, Al Snow got cracked in the head with said cinder block, allowing Raven to retain the hardcore championship over Snow, putting him out of action for about a month. Thank, thank you there, hydration. So there's a whole bunch of plunder backstage and all the weapons. They end up underneath the ring and set off Pyro, which looked like, well, you'd think that some of the power went off in Alstos' face. No, Raven's face, he was selling it like that. And <clears throat> Raven gets an a fire extinguisher to extinguish the snow-type Pokemon. It wasn't very effective. And there is a big wall of construction paper, which which Raven gets sent through, which was kind of a funny visual. And then they get sent into the catering table, all the hot coffee. You think this is about coffee? To catering we go, to the plate. Oh, now we got our, that's our pregame, our postgame meal, King. And of course, milk gets involved, you know, the gut milk. Advertisements from back in the day. A steel pipe that Al Snow fashions out of the uh, the stairway ramp, it looks like. And Al Snow wins the Hardcore Championship. Holy crap! But here comes someone dressed in a ninja outfit. It's Tori. Comes out and cracks Al Snow with a plank. Raven wins the title back right away. And they drive off. Triple H is throwing a tantrum. Duh, K-Quick and Too Cool are at WWF New York in a I'm not booked tonight, let's hang out at a, at a crappy bar night. And now we see the aforementioned mixed tag team champion. Not, oh, mixed tag team match. That is not a championship. This is not the mixed match challenge that would take place some 16 years later. We see all the plunder. We see Trish dive off the top rope onto Triple H, but Triple H catches her. And then is kicked in the back by Angle and she falls on top of Triple H Giggity. Steph comes in and Angle just grabs her by the head and rams her down in the mat. And he's basically like, kind of like a what have I done moment there. Because you can see that Kurt Angle still has feelings for Stephanie McMahon. You know, you kissed her when she was unconscious. You took advantage of her at SummerSlam. However, Steph still stood by his side when he won the WWE title at the same time while maintaining a relationship with her husband which was a you know a really really bad, bad love triangle but I guess it ended here eventually the, the ladies go slap for slap tit for tat tit for tit whatever you want to call it Trish hits the Bulldog on Stephanie. We're about to get a pin, but no! Triple H pedigrees Trish, and Steph pins her. This was something I definitely did not see on, on Raw, because, well, TSN in Canada here, they, uh, they shied away from the violence to the women, so I never got to see, you know, most of the ladies being put through table spots, or the ladies eating finisher spots up until maybe the ruthless aggression era or up until you know Monday Night Raw started airing on uh, Sportsnet or The Score so this is something I saw for the first time when I 
was watching this last night for the podcast. The Helmsleys win, but they don't get to celebrate for too long because Triple H, I mean, yeah, Triple H gets his butt kicked by Stone Cold Steve Austin. He comes out, stunner, beer, boom, just like that, Monday Night Raw, rolls credits, and that is it. And now it is time for my Game Changer of the Week. This time it is not wrestling related at all. This time it is uh, some friends. Yes, uh, these people are friends of mine. They're in a band. Used to be well known, at least in the Christian music scene, and that is Five Iron Frenzy. They're a ska band out of the Denver area, and they just released a new album on Kickstarter. I believe it has been released to the public. It is called Until It Shakes Apart. And you know, Five Iron has always been known for being very poignant and poetic, particularly towards uh, the hypocrisies of uh, North American Christianity. Yet most of them are Christians. I believe one or two of them have recently came out as atheists, but they're like, hey, we love each other. We love making music. What we, How we are in our personal lives is not going to change anything. So they released a new album. It is fan freaking tastic if you like ska if you like a little bit of heavy punk with horns you know think mxpx with horns so they just released a new album and the little gathering of fans that we have on a couple of my facebook groups we've been talking about the album and just uh how poignant it is and get you know given the current climate in the united states you know they cover a lot of that stuff you know it's awesome work, and I suggest you check it out. Now that is it for this edition of the Fretzelmania podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E-Mania. Listen to the rest of our shows, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Young Lions Perspective, and the Delight Show. want to give a special shout out as well to J-Bone, Smash This Podcast, to rant on... Uh, game of rant game of ant game of ant on twitch and you know nate if you're hearing this as well give a big shout out to you the ruthless pod and everyone else who is listening hope you all stay safe hope you all stay sane during these wacky lockdown times we'll get through this so thank you very much for listening to me on russell attic radio the cure for the common wrestling podcast peace out peeps